It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a chief superintendent. Merry Christmas, ladies and gents. Today, my special guest is a wonderful actor, an original Sunhill cast member who for 16 years was top of the bill. He's been acting for over six decades, and today we're at the Southwark Playhouse where he's back on stage. Make some noise for the mighty Peter Ellis. Peter, welcome to the Bill Podcast. Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> We're going to make a lot of people happy on Christmas Day. Well, this would be a surprise and they'll be oh, so delighted to hear Merry from you. Merry Christmas, anyway. <laughs> what will you be doing on Christmas Day? No idea, no idea. Because the children are sort of grown up now, so they all... Uh... Uh, whether they'll be with us or not, I don't know. So I don't know. We were thinking they're going abroad, actually. Oh, lovely! Escaping Christmas. Oh, wow! Yeah. You could be sat on a beach. We may just. Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not a sitter on beaches. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> now we're here at the Subic Playhouse, where you're starring in for King and Country. What's on stage? Commented in their four-star review that Peter Ellis has a masterly control of proceedings. Well, it's because I'm sitting down. It's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell us a bit about the show. It's it, well, it's 1418 more, and it was a trial of a soldier in the Lancashire Regiment who was basically tried for desertion. I can't tell you the rest of it, or ruin the story. <laughs> but anyway, that's basically what it was. It was but, uh, and you're overseeing the trial. I, I'm the horrible. Well, not horrible, particularly. It's just yeah, it's just the general. But I think that just has a touch, really. And you've yeah. got a, a lovely young ensemble. Yeah, they're great. They're all great. I just feel very, <laughs> I feel very old. <laughs> I look round and think, oh my god. <laughs> when you were their age, you'd done something to my generation is completely alien of doing national service. Yes. <laughs> Can you appreciate for the generation today that don't have to do that how it was different for you and, and has it has it helped you well, as I, a human being? Yeah, I mean I was I was I spent about eight years I was in the auxiliary and force then in the RAF. But um I think I mean the the great thing about it was it was it was a great leveller because everyone had to do it and, and they also they were quite perverse. So if you came from Aberdeen they posted you to Hampshire and the other way around. And and it's funny a mixture of classes which was which didn't happen in the 1418, yeah. I think they, they eventually got rid of national service, I'm sure, because we were, a lot of us were just far too uppity, you know. Right. So, <laughs> you've got people shouting at us, and we're going, no, I'm not going to do that. Thank you very much. So I think they got rid of it eventually. But, but it, it was it, the funny thing about it, ironically, the thing about it, is it was probably one of the best educations. Because you had all these people there with not a great deal to do half the time. You've got, you got amazing sort of classes and chats about this, that, and the other. So it was good on, on one level, you know. Well, not so level, yeah. When did you discover the acting bug? Well, I was doing it before I went in, so I, I uh, totally by accident. I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous, but I, I went to a, a Ruskin College in Oxford, a trade union college, and uh, I sort of drifted into the Oxford Playhouse, and they said, "You need somebody to play this part." <laughs> and okay, then. Oh. So I started by accident. I mean, those days it wasn't a very attra- it wasn't considered a particularly attractive job I don't think and not many people nowhere near like as many people did it then as, as, as do it now you know, so mm. it's quite easy yeah. there were no acting genes in the family any? not to my knowledge I think there were a long long way a long, a long long time ago but I don't know no. oh wow 
Um, rumours. <laughs> My life is full of rumours. <laughs> Your early theatre resume, it's, it's a treasure trove. Don't say that, because oh. uh, people say that, they look at it and go, what happened? <laughs> it's no, a, not at all. starts no. while it goes down. Not at all, uh, but it's, it's... No, I was lucky, because I was in the old Vic for yeah. three and a half years, which was... Which in those days, because there was no National Theatre, and there was no RSC then, so there was just the old Vic, which was run by this amazing man called Michael Bentle, who who was just wonderful, I thought. And he just uh, he, um, he used to pick wonderful companies. Yeah. You know, just groups of totally disparate people and threw them together. But, it, you know, we did, it, we did some great things there. We did some... But, I mean, the great thing about the Vic was it could be wonderful one minute and the next minute you're going, what are you doing? What's <laughs> that So, it was, you know, it wasn't safe. Mm. And it was... I thought, I thought it was brilliant when you were know. For your generation early 60s television was still a, a relatively new medium well there's only two channels yeah I think when I first no ITV just started I think yeah I've heard in other interviews that like older actors were quite scared of, of television as opposed to the, the stage and well it wasn't considered very proper thing to do I don't think. oh really right I think the, it was the, the stigma bit, about scruffy. it scruffy <laughs> oh, <laughs> a bit non yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting because it was it was very early days, but it, then it expanded like mad over about because there was two channels, then there was ITV, and then there was BBC Two, and it all you know. I mean, there's lots of really good work there, mm. and um, and I was lucky because I was living in the north, so I spent quite a lot of time in Granada, which was just amazing. You know, we just doing we just doing so much good stuff, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, it was brilliant. And an early credit you have on your TV resume. Yes. Another classic police series is Dixon and oh Doc God, Green, <laughs> <laughs> which is. I enjoyed that. It was fun. It doesn't exist anymore, sadly. As so many of the no, Dixons I mean, don't. No, no. They, I don't know what happened because they, they didn't. Um, the only thing I think they've got left is the telecine, the, the film bits, which was shot on sixteen millimeter. Yeah. But there was no way of record. The only way they could record things then was to actually film off the monitor, so it looks. Pretty grim, you know. Yeah. Really bit, yeah. Did you get to work with the late great Jack Warner? Yes. What was he like? He told me. What did I can't remember the series. The one I, well, I was I was the sort of the boy who shouldn't have gone astray. I think. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so, you're a good lad, really. Don't go, don't go mixing about that lot. So I was one of those. I think. Oh, yeah. wow. It was good. It was good to do. Did it go out live or was it? No, I, I, I did a bit of live television, but no, I, I don't think it did. I'm trying to remember now. No, I think I think it was studio, but the thing is, because they couldn't edit the recordings, you had to do long takes. You know, yeah. quite long stretches, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There's no way of editing the video then. Yeah. The other classic show about your Z cars, which you yes. also did, yes. and your episode survives. That's it. And it's on DVD, and I have it here for you. Good God! This is uh, this is for you to keep. Oh, how very kind! I didn't know that. Oh, oh, lovely. Yeah, it's called Tate's All Sorts, and it's oh, you and yeah. Gwyneth Powell. Is it? Yeah. And oh, you're, God, yeah. you're sat, in a, sat in a pub together after hours, and they, they come in, and oh, they, yeah. they discover that, you know, you oh, shouldn't gosh. be there. And, oh, very kind. Oh, it's a pleasure. Oh. Yeah, here we go. It's a great, it's a lovely performance, because you, you're, you're, you've got a family of your own, and Gwyneth wants to go off and run off with you, oh, so yeah. it's not quite Funny. the time. Rule, right? <laughs> it's funny, you just that. When you look at it, the the pace is so obviously slower than yeah. the bill. You realise how revolutionary the bill was. The the difference in the that 
fast yeah, pace. I, th- I think it's also the technology of especially you know, so you got lighter cameras and things like that. I mean, it was it was quite hard because Sidcast was shot on, and so was Dixon on studio cameras, which were yeah. large, cumbersome, and you had to move around. You know, and quite difficult to move around. So, and on the rare occasions when you got something to do on film, they managed to change it. So when the bill came along. Am I right that you actually were seen for a different role at first? Is that correct? I was, yeah. I, I, object listening. Go, go, I, I was up for, for one of the sergeants. I don't know which one to save my life, but it was one of them. It certainly wasn't Eric's part, uh, because uh, it was one of the other t- okay. two or three, anyway. And I just walked out the door. I don't know what made me do I just walked out the door quite slowly, and um, Michael Chapman said, Just a minute. There is another part. And I thought, oh, okay. And they will see, yeah, but he said he won't be in it very much. So I thought that's fair enough. I'll go. I'll go for that. Became an yeah, extremely yeah, no, good, yeah. huge part. Well, I think they wanted it to be about the quite rightly really. They wanted it to be about the, you know, the, the officers on the station really, not not about hierarchies, which other series had done mm. up to then. So yeah. What appealed to you about the character of Brownlow, and and how similar are you to he? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> well, I hope not. Um, <laughs> he, he was great. To, I mean, he was great to play. It was very easy because I was always in the office and sitting down. In fact, it was the only. I mean, the curious thing: the, the, the set was this office upstairs, and it was full of Halesbury statues of England. So I spent most of my time reading. I became quite knowledgeable yeah. in law in a twisted way. Like I'm an expert on the Hay and Straw Act, <laughs> and also the Military Tramways Act of 18 whatever. So you read these things. And you, you, actually, it's funny because you read them and you think. We're mad in this country. It's insane, the laws we've got. Anyway, that was it. So, uh, yeah, it was a comparatively easy job because I didn't get out much. The only, the only sort of thing I tried to do and failed was I, I said it would be nice if he occasionally had a bit of humour in it, but, of course, you can't really because you haven't got anybody of equal rank you can be humorous with. Because mm. I, came, I came down here to Southwark once because they, they used to let us go out and talk to real police, and I went oh. out with the chief super. They said, oh, we've arranged you to go a walk about with the chief super in Southwark. And the PC that was with us said, oh, God, I don't want to go out with him, you know. Because <laughs> he, he, he obviously really got out, so he got out and started walking around the market going, him! Get in. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? What's he doing? <laughs> and I thought, I'd love to get that in because it was just very funny. Yeah. This bloke been sitting in the office for months and suddenly been let loose, you know, just going around looking for trouble. Whereas all the neighbourhood watch police were going, oh, it's not, it's not. I didn't succeed in trying to persuade him to do that. Is it true in the early series, before the move to Barbie Roll, that your office was in fact Michael Chapman's office? I think it was the production managers, if I remember. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was quite embarrassing because you go in there to film, they go, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, we to, so you get lots of mutterings and they pick up all their files and walk out. Yeah. It was, it was mad. Barbie, Barbie was just, just, it was just wonderful. Just nut, it was a nutty way of making it. Because I think a lot of the offices doubled up with other things. Right. And it was quite great. And we also hit the newspaper dispute that was going oh, yeah. on just opposite us. So, uh, yeah. Because I had this battered old 2CV that I used to drive to work in, and, and we get because there's a police call, and I just drove up to it, and they waved me through, and I could see this bloke going, "Hang on a minute." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't know where to salute. Who else? So then we eventually we had to go really because it was just impossible to work there. I think. Mm. Yeah, because we were right at the back of News International. So. In, yeah. the, in the first series, you get your first wonderful telling someone off. You. Uh, and, and you play it so nicely it's 
Tony Scannell oh, has Tony. been a he's, he's, he's been a hero in a post office raid That's and he's right, taken yeah. this guy out this yeah. armed gunman but you're actually in there to tick him off because he's had a dispute with his neighbour and it's revealed he's, he's yeah. been claiming overtime when he was yeah. on the day yeah. off you know yeah. and you've got this wonderful line at the time son the British ratepayer was paying you overtime you were logged as being on the other side of a bloody district <laughs> <laughs> you let him sweat a bit you know <laughs> was, was there a lot of laughter on this set yeah well, it, the funny, it's that funny thing because the more serious something is the more easy it is to go you know to, I mean the worst thing in the world is doing opera because you've, you've done a little bit of opera and, and it's fatal because you think oh god we're going to go you know but you did on that particularly with Ben Roberts oh yes I can imagine Edgar Roberts yes because <laughs> we, we had this um, have they talked about the crew on it anybody else saw that a, 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 a bit but yeah because yeah, we had the yeah Ronnie Luca was a oh, wonderful yeah. camera we had with us who's sort of won awards and things but his his favourite job was I think was Sooty and Sweep because they, they went all around the world filming it you see so once we got hold of Sooty and Sweep and held it underneath the thing so but the director wasn't serious so he didn't, it wasn't making us laugh it was making <laughs> so we all got told off well we didn't get told off because he didn't, didn't know what was happening yeah. well a bit of comedy gold dust that you did in between the first and the second series of the bill was the acorn antiques for victoria yes. wood which you were also <laughs> very fondly remembered for well she was she, yeah i did i, I was lucky enough because she came and did um i was working at the crucible shepherd and she came and worked there i think the first things not the first i think the first thing she was at the bush but then she did a play called talent which I was lucky enough to be in, and then they we were lucky they filmed it. Bernardo filmed it, so that was their first. I think her first television before before things kicked off. Really. But Acorn Antiques was mad because they were trying to get the crew to make mistakes, and the crew couldn't. It was, they were saying, "Doesn't matter, let the boom." And they were going, "We're not supposed to do." <coughs> yeah, you don't normally have a problem. <laughs> but yeah, it was a bit, a bit mad. Yeah, you couldn't get further away from Brownlow, really. No, but it's, it's, it was only a morning's work, I think. Oh, you, you get top billing in the acorn antiques, yeah. which is nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. No. no, they were all brilliant. So, do you remember when you found out suddenly the bill was going to come back, and that it wasn't just you popping and out, but suddenly you were? Well, it, was, it never really. I never really thought I was going to be there very long. So I used to go six months, six months all the time, you know. And you just thought, well, if I'm lucky, I'll stay, and if not, because mm. I think I was, I was. Was I, I must be about the oldest member of the cast, I think. So you get to a certain age, you think, don't depend on this. Right. <laughs> just keep, you know. So I just, yeah, I just, it was, I was lucky, really. That's the, but, but I don't, yeah, used to get six months at a time. Yeah. yeah. In those early, those first three series, hour long, can you remember a feeling in the public in terms of this show suddenly taking off? It broke into the top 20, then the top 10. When did you realise you were part of something? quite special <laughs> I don't know that I did I think it was funny because we did two is it, did we do two series and it stopped for a year didn't it that's right yeah. yeah so I thought that was it really I thought yeah, I mean, it was great to be part of it because I suppose the big thing that was going on at the time was things like Hill Street Blues and it was sort of our version not version because I think we were both at the same time I don't know which came first but what was lovely was the way it was shot you know because it was yeah. just lovely handheld and very innovative, I thought. And we had great directors on it. And great, great. I mean, the great thing Michael Chapman did was, was he had great writers on it. You know, he was very good with the writers, and, and he was a bit, of a bit of a genius, really, in his yeah. in his quiet way. 
Um, they, they talked about Michael. Yeah, yeah it's, it's heavy, it kind of ran like a military operation in a well, way. Well, he's ex Navy, and it was wonderful because it was, it was, but there's no bad way because AOL TV used to run like that. It was all run by ex Navy. And uh, I mean, you used to go there for an interview and they'd say, you need, you need it on the quarter deck. And you go out there and you But Michael, Michael was, because I was in there once, and uh, very early in the morning, he used to walk from Paddington to Merton, apparently. Wow. So, 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 but I was in there with. Uh, and this voice suddenly came round the corner again. Bosun! Bosun, come here! And I thought, oh God, you know, he's gone. He's, he's looking for the bosun. It turned out to be his Labrador. <laughs> but um, he, was, he, ha- he had a wonderful capacity to know what was missing. He'd look at a script and go, where's the scene between them and them? And he's just a great editor, great script editor. Yeah. It's always been a very good producer. So, yeah. Yeah, they started to get you out and about more. You start a neighbourhood watch scheme. Yeah. There's a writer called Christopher Russell, and he yes. seems to love Brownlow. Yes, Russell's, yes. Yeah, big fan yes, of yours. Yes, yes, he writes some of your best yeah. stuff. Yeah. Brilliant that you're addressing a, a neighbourhood watch scheme. They all go off on a tangent, and a, and a lady stands there and goes, Oi, the man's trying to talk about neighbourhood watch, not dog shit. <laughs> and you do a wonderful, just glance, you go, <clears throat> Right, you've all seen the leaflets, yes. and it's just a wonderful bit yeah. of comedy timing. Yes, I don't know where they came from. <laughs> and you go outside and realise uh, you say some bastard siphoned my petrol. Your car oh, yeah, won't okay. start. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's great. You and Ashley Gunstock. You're trying to start the car. Right, yeah. and Ashley's looking over nervously, thinking this car isn't going anywhere. It's, oh. it's a nice bit of business. When do you think for you was there a moment where suddenly your recognition with the public when you're out and about changed because of the bill? Did suddenly you. Not really, because I wasn't. I, I don't think. Uh, no, not really. No, I mean it was when you're out with everybody else. Right. You had to be with the others. <laughs> with the others to be there. Just, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's the strangest place. Mostly because I'm very scruffy. You see, so that maybe oh. other things. But strangest place, what? But like you've ever been recognised or? Ah, uh, I went to Australia and was, I was surprised. There's quite a few people in Australia. I did a couple of tours out there, but yeah, that was that was a bit odd. But the the the, the, the weirdest thing is, is the police recognise you, you know, because they they don't, often don't quite know where they know you from, but they think, you know, I can't quite know you, and then they'll go. And they'll, I mean, sometimes they, on Z cars, I got pushed up against a wall once and uh, playing a villain or something, and there's this guy just in Shepherd's Bush pushed me against the wall and said, I know you, bloody know you. And I thought, <laughs> it doesn't occur to you to say, I was on television, I was like, that's all right, playing a villain. It doesn't occur to you to say that, you just think, crap, what have I done, what have I done? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I think one of, one of the, I don't know whether, it, whether it's strictly true, but what, I think one of the things about casting of, of the bill when it first started was they basically picked actors who normally played villains. Right, yeah. Just, you know, just to give it a bit of an edge of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little, or yeah, a little dubious characters, yeah, yeah. 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 Rather because I mean, up to then, most British crime series have been quite straight laced to it. If you look at the films, you know, all, all the sort of films that, that went on, they're all officers, weren't they? Officer yeah. Yeah. When the half-hour episodes start and and Ben Roberts joined, I mean, that's, it's uh, so many, myself included. It's one of one of the great partnerships, one of the highlights of the bill the entire time. Oh. You you two. Are, you two at loggerheads. He was building an aeroplane which he was going to fly, which I thought was a bit mad. Wow. Because he used to be a, used to be an engineer before he signed up. So he was building a 
How you often reacted looking at scripts to everything? Oh, they're going to make us do this this week. You know, you. They... Well, we did. We did, you very rarely discuss the things so because of the way it was shot and because it was quite fast. I don't think you ever talked about scripts in those because you you could well arrive in the morning and find yourself doing bits from different episodes. You know, so right. uh, it was lovely to work with. In fact, we did a. A script called The Mortician's Tea Party, which we shot in Norfolk, Suffolk, Suffolk, I think, about two northern morticians, <laughs> which was a bit of a joke. Well, I mean, it was, it was lovely to do, but we did that together in Southwold as a, as a sort of pilot for our series, but oh. not, not for anyway, we just did it for ourselves. But he was very good, he was wonderful. Yeah. The way they'd use you, and you used to play this so well, where... Brownlow decides you ought to eat with the other ranks in the canteen oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. and everyone files out without you noticing him. <laughs> it's, it's gold yeah, dust. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely magical. Yeah. But I think that's that strange thing of uh, officers and... I don't know what we did. We did it in this country. It's, a, it's an odd thing, the whole officer. Because I, when I first started it, I thought... Because Brownlow, you know, what... Well, it's funny, when you meet senior police officers, not so much now, but then, they were quite posh. Yeah. They sort of sounded like army majors and captains and you thought did they start like that or do have they acquired that as they go along you know? yeah. so they, they, they start off as PCs and then change it as they work their way up I think there's an episode called Bottleneck where um, lovely Mike Burnside is coming in as DAC Hicks oh, yeah. and you're all on tenterhooks and so Brownlow decides to go around every part of the station to see if there's anything you can do to help and, it, and you play it so sweetly because you say to him let me know if there's anything you need and in the cab room yeah. and in the cells and, and, and Eric says I, I think he's just trying to re-establish his authority here you know <laughs> um, and it's a lovely yeah. well some yeah. of your greatest moments are when they get you outside of the station and I don't I, I, I've got three episode titles here let's see if you if these ring a bell I remember there's one called Street Games and Board Games no, I don't remember that. What was that? Wait, you, you take on a Riot's computer. It's you and several senior officers who are taken out to try and beat this computer in a scenario, and Brownlow beats the computer in a Riot situation. Oh, right. I don't remember that. It's a lovely moment. It's by uh, J.C. Wilshire. Oh, yeah. Well, he's very good. Yeah. That one I was saying to you, that's the thing about them. They just have these really good writers. And, yeah, I think, I think that's probably one of the most important things is they valued writers, whereas I don't think it's surprised so much now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, in the first decade, these writers were ever present. Like they oh, yeah, had a yeah. good writing team for yeah. a long time. Yeah. This is one of my favourites. The one that got away. You open the episode with a car chase. Good God! Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't that. It's uh, a stolen car overtakes you, and we oh, we right. hear I your do, yeah. yeah. We hear your call sign SO52, yeah. and you take pursuit, and you play it so. Lovely, because every time there's like a, a tire squeal, or you kind of wince when you're squealing. Are you like, I've I done this, but not for a long time. Not acting at all. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a fast driver by nature. So. Oh, right. Not with a two CV. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a great moment because you catch the villain, but then he steals your car. Wonderful stuff. I'm sure you'll remember this one quite fun. It's called Tinderbox. This is later. And you all go on the Exeter Moors, you, Ben oh, Robertson, yeah, yes. Simon Rounds. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. was that like to film? It like? was great. It was, it was um, a bit of a holiday, really, to be honest. Yeah. A bit of a fun time, yeah. It was the first time we meet Nick Miles as yeah. uh, Mannion, you know, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arch nemesis, but yeah. um, 
it, there's, it, you play it so well there's a childlike enthusiasm to you in this episode because you're, you're talking about your beans and sausages and yeah, your yeah, cocoa I enjoyed that it was fun yeah and singing on the rope yeah, yeah. and you're swinging across the river yeah. and, but it, it also re-establishes you know Brownlow is he's a tough fellow when he wants to be and he says it's the rules of the jungle Derek you know you, you keep an eye out for yourself at the end of the day yeah, as well and yeah. I think he doesn't get enough credit as being a multi-rounded character you know he wasn't just an all-out no. buffoon you know he was canny no. when he needed to be yeah. you ordered someone shot in an episode Gordon Fleming narrated you, you give the order got blood on oh. his hands as well yeah it's like it's all fiction isn't it <laughs> yeah. and so when the time came for you to let your, your son wrote you a marvellous exit <laughs> episode <laughs> you still have got this idea a what I did actually come back and do a couple more, but uh, right. yeah, the last one was uh, yeah. No, Hugh, he, he, he's, he wrote the Mortician's Tea Party, oh, which wow. Ben and I did. And then um, he wrote some of the bill. And then he finished up writing a film called Summer with Robert Carlyle, wow. which I mean they won they won awards and things. But then he um, he's also a chief planner for the Town and Country Planning Association, so he's very involved with housing. So. He's not been writing late, which is a pity. Yeah, he's so really good. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's good. So does that mean he found out about your exit before you? How, how, how did he? He found out before I did, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that must have been all. He awkward. rang me up and said, Poof. No, it's oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he gave you some great dialogue to oh, yeah. finish off. It's difficult because it's, 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 it's back to an age thing, and you get to a certain age and you think. Um, uh, you know, do you stay or do you go? Really, and you probably need to be pushed to get out. Really, mm. um, probably did be good to be get out in the world again. Yeah, yeah. You had a, a lovely walk and talk scene with the late great Colin Tarrant. Oh, don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marvelous actor. One. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, it's sad. Because yeah. I, I first met Colin when he was thirteen. Because I was doing a, a sort of community arts project in Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire, and Colin was at the local school in Shirebrook. Wow. So I met him there at Youth Fit. So that's... Wow. So he always blamed me ever since your bloody fault I'm doing this. I'm like, <laughs> don't worry. And he's very good. He, was lovely. Oh. he did a lot of really, really good work as well, not just the bill. I mean, he did some mm. lovely theatre and things and other tellers. In fact, he was in Hugh's film, Summer. He was in that. He was oh. seen as the dad, I think. Yeah, yeah you, you have that wonderful last line-up scene where you go in to tell the troops I simply want to say this your job is to uphold the law and to serve the citizens of Sun Hill I know because I've had the privilege of serving with you all to know you will never betray that principle isn't that a great yeah good line it's a very good line <laughs> and then you, then you tell Nick Miles these are the best people you'll ever serve with. You mess them about, I'll have your guts for a necktie. Yeah, that's right, I remember that. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nick was at Nick, yeah, Nick did the thing on Dartmoor, didn't he? That's so, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I hope they gave you a big leaving party, did they? Well, um, we used to have very big leaving parties, didn't they? I got one because I, I don't, why didn't I not get one? I had a little one, a nice little dinner somewhere, oh. but I don't think. We didn't have a big shindig because I think it's things so much was changing then because yeah. the producers changed. I mean that was because I was the original idea was I was going to come back and direct it. The book. Oh, wow. So that was the that was the idea. So I wasn't really leaving really. I was going to just 
yeah, move downstairs and, do. and, direct, and direct it, which is I was looking forward to, really, but uh, that didn't happen in the end because the producers changed. And understandably, when they do, they think, what a clean sweep you don't. Mm. Don't think the old lot doing it, you know. But, um, yeah. You've directed a lot of theatre. I've directed a little bit, yeah, and I've directed a little bit of film, telly, but not, not great, mm. not massive, just little bits here and there. Do you enjoy it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how good I am. I sometimes, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I do enjoy it. Yeah, well, I've done it. I, I, I started off doing quite a lot when I was young, mm. but then I tailed off a bit. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And it's quite difficult to do it in... It didn't used to be, and you could have a very good career in uh, directing and acting and writing in television and, and theatre in the 60s because people weren't too bothered about the fact that you did everything. But then it got to a state where if you'd been directing a bit, it was very hard to get a job as an actor because they go, oh, God, it's some bloody director. Right. So, yeah, you could do that easily now. Mm. So easily, yeah. But, I mean, actors, generally speaking, make quite good directors, I think. Yeah, because you understand quite a lot about what's going on, you know. So, so what was I watching the other day? Oh, uh, Ladies in Lavender, as Charles Dance directed. I thought it was stunning. Mm. Have you seen it? No, I've not. Well, that's a beautiful film you made, yeah. And you think, I don't know he's done anything since, but you think, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> what's he not doing? Well, because it was great. It was awesome. Sam it's Miller, too- who was. Oh, well, Bill, yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing brilliant. won Emmys and all sorts. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Quite fantastic. He's lovely, I think. He was, he was, but he was quite, yeah, he was just very good, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, did he do some bills? He did. He did, he did after, after leaving. I yes, think, yeah. He, yeah. I think that was the thing that they insisted on, that he had to leave before he could direct. Right. Because they didn't, obviously didn't want you running up and down the stairs going, I'm <laughs> do what I'd say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was all, yeah. No, Sam, Sam he's done brilliant, yeah. I don't, don't think many others have. I don't think many other people have gone and done that. And he was no. lucky, lucky in the sense I think A, he was very, got a lot of talent, but also he was quite young at the time and he moved over, so it was quite yeah. Good, yeah. And yeah. I suppose it was a show which, I mean, it gave so many people so many opportunities. It, it's a shame that it isn't still able to do that. No, it's funny because it's, it, it looks, um, it's an odd one in the sense that it looks a very sort of male, quiet, chauvinistic series in fact I mean but in fact they employed lots of women directors yeah not so many women writers but a lot of women directors um, all of whom done very well since I think <laughs> really, yeah. yeah which is good and, and your career what longevity I mean I'm so excited to see it's you my age well I mean and you've recently been in The Crown as well oh god yeah for two seconds yeah. oh, which is lovely it was lovely to do because it was just lovely to work with I mean I think he's a stunt and Stephen Dordos is very wonderful but you're very laid back yeah. <laughs> is he really oh god yeah <laughs> yeah very laid back and very 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 good but yeah no, but I mean, it's lovely to do I need a day on it a day and a half on it I mean, you, uh, if I may say, you defy your age, sir. I mean, oh, you look incredible. It's all a makeup gym. <laughs> well, I have a bottle. But you still yeah. love your business. I do, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I go a bit balmy if I'm out of work, so, which I have to learn. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in action tonight, and the listeners of this will be so, so thrilled to have heard your memories. What we ask them to do is you've generously given your time for his for you to nominate a charity that they can donate some money to. So. Oh, God. Oh, now, you want me to do that now? Yeah, yeah. Well, what if there's one that you 
would like them to donate a couple of quid to? Well, my, my daughter spent a year working in Malawi, um, but I don't know the name of the charity. It's not really out, was it? But she was working with sort of street children and things. And, uh, yeah, I know that... Yes, Third World, Malawi. Yeah. Any well, charity there? Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick Redding, uh, has, he's actually set up Safe Kenya. He, he has he? Oh, wow. Yeah, he's, he's been doing it for 20 years for, after acting for... This isn't doing it for me. And he, he made a film out there... And, started oh, volunteering and he's got six different sites out there now oh, trying to stop female circumcision and yeah, AIDS. It's yeah. well, using street theatre as a way to get people talking yeah, about yeah. it. Oh, got it, no. Yeah, it's, it's so, quite You don't incredible. know what good's going on. You know, the bandits, aren't you? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. And what is your message to fans of the bill, fans of Superintendent Brownlow, who will be chuffed to have heard from you today? <laughs> well... <laughs> Thanks for watching. Have a great Christmas and New Year. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a great, great pleasure doing the job, really. Yeah. It's been very easy. Very easy, I shouldn't say that, but it is. It's very easy. I have the easiest job in the world on that, so. <laughs> Sitting behind a desk. <laughs> yeah. And it still pleases you that people remember you from the show. Yeah, it's funny because it's, you don't you don't look at your career and quite. I think there's a there's a there's a funny double thing in in television theatre, which is which is what you value, you know, the work you value and the work the public sort of value. And they can be different at times, you know. And it's like, uh, and you can spend too much time worrying what other actors think. Oh know? really? Right. Well, you do, I think, because you think, how do I, you know, where do I sit in the profession? What, what? Oh yeah. Right. You know, Still insecurities, even oh, after gotcha. all this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Every time we go on, you think, oh God, so, yeah. It's funny. It's an odd thing. Well, what is the work that, in your head, you are the most proud of, or that, that the oh, public might not know about? Theatre lately, I, I did um, Hindle Wakes at Findlay, which I really thought was very good. That was that was lovely to do, and uh, I mean, I enjoy being at the Old Vic, and a lot of the stuff we did at the Crucible was really good. But the, the trouble is that's all gone now, so young actors don't get the chance to mm. work in a theatre for three or four years, which I did there, you know, for, for like that. so that's all gone, sadly, mm. uh, which is a pity. But yeah, was, but then you're proud of some of the work you do there, and, and it's also that thing is I don't know how good a judge you are, you know, you, you can come off stage and people are going, you're saying all right, you thought, oh, I was good. No. <laughs> well... I, on behalf of everyone, can say that you were always marvellous and everything I've done. Oh, very kind. No, it's true. I, I, have, I have done some bum performances <laughs> no, in the time, no, I promise no. you. <laughs> well, I can't wait quite, to see quite you. Quite a lot on the bill, I think. No, sometimes. never. No, 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 I think sometimes I was. Sometimes you don't, uh, you know, you're not as good as you hope you'd be. Oh, no. There we are. Always brilliant. <laughs> can't wait to see you in action tonight. Oh, thank you. Very kind. Peter Ellis, legend. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank Amazing. Lovely. Thank you for this. the mighty Peter Ellis for recording this surprise Christmas Day special edition of the Bill podcast. Sorry for the occasional background noise, I've done my best to balance out. Um, I don't know how many times that member of staff went into that room, <laughs> clanking keys, dropping plates and knives, but um, 
Peter has also been such a pro, he was resting his voice before his brilliant performance. But Brownlow Boom was in full force in For King and Country. Peter also provided a few moments of comedy in what was a superb, if hard-hitting, production. It was a really special experience to see the great man on stage in his 80s. Very inspiring and hope for us all. So thanks again, Peter. And my huge thanks also to Peter's agent, Amy, who was so helpful in setting up the interview. So everyone, give a big thank you to Amy. Peter was so lovely, he insisted on buying me a pint after the interview. Uh, He had a coffee. He wanted to know how everyone from the bill uh, who I'd interviewed was. He's kind of kept in touch with quite a number of them, and he's also kept up to date as to where they are and what they're doing. Um, But he spoke with such affection for everyone, and he remembered everyone that I'd interviewed. He didn't have a bad word to say about anyone. A few naughty stories that I couldn't possibly repeat. That's the perks of chats off mic, I'm afraid. I'm really grateful and lucky to have spent such quality time with a legend. I'm going to guess that Peter's daughter volunteered for Open Arms Malawi give orphans in Malawi the chance to grow up with a loving family environment and the security of a home. You can read more and make a donation or look to volunteer yourself at openarmsmalawi.org. I'm also keen to give Nick Redding Safe Kenya another plug. As a Sunhill cast member who spent decades trying to make a difference, I think that deserves our continuing support as Nick and his team try to stop FGM and support those with HIV. So visit safekenya.org to find out more and make a donation. having a wonderful Christmas and that this podcast has done a little to enhance proceedings. May I take this opportunity also to say thank you every single one of you who tune in, who comment, who share, who like, who retweet, who quote tweet and those who message me to say how much you enjoy the podcast. I am really grateful. As you know, as you probably heard, I'm taking some time out from recording new episodes of the podcast. My job continues to provide me with new and exciting creative opportunities, which I'm currently enjoying focusing my energies on. There are some true Sun Hill legends who are up for an interview, so when the timing is right, we'll find a new way of walking the beat down memory lane. Uh, Until then, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas, and here's to a happy, healthy, and dare I say a resting 2019. Bye for now. And thanks again.